Hello, I'm Alma Schneider. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the proud mother of four children, one of whom has Prader-Willi syndrome. And I am Iris Miller. I'm a certified rehabilitation counselor and the proud mother of two children, one of whom has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and is nonverbal. In this podcast, we discuss the uncensored truth about raising children with disabilities. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. This is Two Moms, No Fluff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Moms, No Fluff, the podcast in which we discuss the uncensored truth about raising kids with disabilities. Uh, my name is Iris Meller. Thank you for everyone who's joining us today for the first time. And for those who's been with, who've been with us for a very long time, I want to introduce my partner, Alma Schneider. Alma? Hello. <laughs> Alma, do you want to introduce our very important guest today? I would be very happy to. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. And I am very excited about this guest that we have today. We have Andrea Roberts, who started a Mother's Rest which is a wonderful, wonderful organization for parents who are caregivers. And I'm going to let Andrea, I'm going to let you talk about a mother's rest. But first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, about your family before we dive into the, to the full discussion of a mother's rest? Sure. Um, well, currently I'm living in Maryland. Mm -hmm. um, I have two sons. Uh, my oldest son has Down syndrome. Uh, he also has sensory processing disorder and ADHD and has finally um, graduated from elopement, which has been my biggest stressor in caring for him all of these years. He will be 21 in April. It's hard for any of your listeners who already know me to believe that he's already 21. <laughs> uh, but then I have another son who is 18 and I'm trying to get him off to college. Uh, that's a bigger stressor than raising Reese. I'm just going to lay that out there for all you <laughs> folks who've got like typical kids. Okay. Like they're just not any easier. Than that. Um, yeah. And then uh, my husband is also here in Maryland. So this is where we're living at this time. I grew up in this area. I went away to college at the University of Alabama, um, ended up in the Atlanta area and then ended up back here. So that's where I am now. Okay, great. Thank you. Andrea, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, Mother's Rest and uh, the mission of this organization for those who do not yet know what a Mother's Rest is? Sure. Uh, I'll try to put it into a nutshell for you. Um, Mother's Rest uh, is the second foundation that I have created. Um, back in 2006, I started an organization called Reese's Rainbow, which would um, help families adopt children with disabilities internationally. In 2017, I retired from that and started A Mother's Rest as a mental and physical health organization exclusively for parents and caregivers who have loved ones with disabilities. So the vast majority of our guests are moms who have children with special needs, whether they're cognitive, developmental, medical, you know, whatever the situation is. Uh, we also host dads. We host couples. Uh, we support people who are caring for their own parents. We support people who are caring for their own spouses, whether they're wounded veterans or in some other capacity. Uh, uh, and what we do is we create and coordinate 
uh, to offer affordable, frequent three-night respite retreats at various bed and breakfast locations around the country. And the goal is to uh, give ladies, mostly ladies, space to come and sleep, do nothing but sleep and have fellowship with others if they want it. Um, there's no organized activities. There's no schedule. There's nothing. So our hashtag and theme is sleep at, <laughs> sleep matters. <clears throat> and uh, uh, that's basically what we do. Great. And how did this, how did this start? Because I think that so many people know that they need for this, but I, I stumbled upon a mother's rest on social media and thank goodness I did because I will, you know, uh, spoiler alert, I've been, and uh, it's pretty incredible, but there is such an obvious need for this. How did it start? How did you come up with this idea? Why did it, how did it, how did it come to be? Um, it really, it kind of came to my, my mind uh, in the beginning of 2016. Uh, my great, great aunt um, has an old Virginia farmhouse and it was for sale. And the thought came to me that I would really like to buy that place. And just so that I would have some place to go and just disappear to. It wasn't enough to just go to a hotel for a night or something like that. Like I wanted to disappear, not be seen by anybody. And um, this was you know, so I started to go fund me to try to purchase it. And unfortunately, we, you know, the vision wasn't quite there yet and didn't have enough uh, folks to help me purchase it. Um, but when I was planning this, I realized, you know, surely I can't be the only one that's feeling like this. Um, that was at a, a dark point, I guess, for me with Reese. Uh, he was mid puberty. I was <laughs> just about ready to jump off a cliff figuratively. Um, I think probably a lot of women been in, the, in that place or in that place right now. And so that's just kind of what gave me the inspiration to do it. You know, I had started in, and successfully um, grown this other nonprofit foundation. So I had the skill base and the clientele, you know, I guess if you want to call them that clientele, families that I knew would need this. Uh, so instead of, you know, it just being me, just started it with um, reaching out to existing B&B partners hmm. uh, where, you know, at the time early in the organization, we did not have our own exclusive respite in. Um, we were able to leverage a national network of B&B partners who offered discounted rates for these moms to go away. And that's uh, kind of just grown from there. So. So I want to ask you, how do you find your porch partners, the places that actually are able and willing to host all of us moms that are so desperate for the rest? It took a lot of work. We had a number of volunteers, but basically uh, I went through the bedandbreakfast.com database, hmm. state by state, and I created a list um, in an Excel database, you know, state by state of all of these B&Bs and their contact information so that I could send out invitations to them about what we do and how it works and to ask if they might be in a position to support that um, either in their low season or if they were in a position to offer it more than once a year. Um, that's kind of the way that it still works today. I send out reminders every four to six months forever to various states. Uh, and if anybody responds, that's great. Uh, that's kind of the way that it works with those. 
Wow. So before I get to my next question, I'm just curious, how many, um, how many states do you have a, this part, a porch partner? Well, it, it changes. I mean, it has changed. So we had, at one point we were in 25 states. Wow. Uh, right now, I think we're down to 15. Oh. Um, a lot has changed uh, because of COVID. So oh. a number of the partners that we had early on uh, actually went out of business wow. or decided to sell their property and not run it as a B&B anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so that of course prompted me to start reaching out again to others. Um, and then, so, so the porch partners kind of rotate a little bit, you know, we've lost some, we've gained some, mm -hmm. uh, some of them are only able to support us once a year at the discounted rates. Others like the place that you went to Alma, you know, they have 10 or more a yeah. year, which is like, almost like having our own respite in on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's pretty amazing to have uh, Scarborough in as, as a partner, but um, it just, it just rotates, you know, people come in and in and out and just have to keep asking and, and give different B&Bs opportunities to support us if they're able to. Yeah. Well, I, my, my next question is sort of um, a silly question. Having been to one of your sites in the Scarborough, in which you mentioned in Ocean City, New Jersey, my silly question is, because I already know the answer, what is the feedback like from the parents who attend these bed and breakfast respites? Um, well, I think as you can imagine, it's it's all positive. Um, haven't had any negative feedback other than you know if somebody you know ran into a situation with a guest that was unpleasant <laughs> or you know something that they weren't expecting at a particular location or whatever. Um, I try very hard to be transparent and clear about you know what to expect, and mm -hmm. sometimes people are just I don't know. But, you know, for the, for the vast majority of, I mean, everybody is, is really blown away, first of all. Myself um, included. You know, Absolutely just, blown away. <laughs> uh, you know, can't believe that this exists. Can't believe the generosity of the innkeepers are so grateful for the, our Facebook support group, even if they're not able to go on retreat. Um, and your Facebook support group is huge. It's over 9,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some people might be intimidated by that thinking, well, how can that possibly be a private conversation? But it really is because when folks post things in there, you know, the ones who can relate to that post answer and right. the ones who don't, don't. And that's, yeah. you know, it's, it's really, um, but you know, the support group itself is, is a place to be able to talk about the real and the raw mm -hmm. of caring for someone who is disabled. And uh, there's there's never any intent to um, say an um all the time, but I always do to somehow um, speak ill of our children or our loved ones. Not at all. The the discussion is really about the impact of their needs and their care mm -hmm. on us as moms or you know caregivers or on the family unit or whatever to be able to discuss those things without being judged you know you're in a room full of people who get it yeah. and you know of course there are a lot of people out there a lot of moms out there who aren't struggling mm -hmm. you know either they've got really great support systems around them within their family they've got older children who are able to help them and carry the burden mm -hmm. um you know lots of different you know if, if they're not in a space that they feel like they need this 
then great, more power to you. This isn't the yeah. group for you. But yeah. if you are struggling and drowning and you mm -hmm. need to, you know, be validated that you're not wrong for feeling how you feel mm -hmm. and that you have every right to feel the way that you do and that you've got some place to say it out loud, even if it's just to get it off your chest and then you cry it out and then you're like, okay, <laughs> next day, you know, like yeah. Yeah. start to, you know, I mean, it's very cathartic. So if, even if you can't get to one of the retreats because there's not one local to you, uh, you know, the Facebook group is just a really great place to get some fellowship. It is. Uh, Andrea, can you share a little bit uh, of information about scholarships for families who can't afford even the discounted rate that uh, a mother's rest uh, provides? And also, how do you guys make it happen that you can even offer scholarships to families? Sure. Uh, so what we have set up is called the YES Fund. Uh, if others are interested in donating to that, that makes it possible for me to say yes. Uh, when, you know, our discounted rates are what we call our porch partners, um, is about $165 on average. Um, that is for the full three nights, including breakfast at these porch partners. Uh, we also own two in properties of our own in Maryland and in North Georgia. That's only $60 for the full three nights. Wow. Uh, we do not provide breakfast. Those function more like an Airbnb. So you can either bring your own and cook in, or you can go out breakfast or other meals with the ladies um but in the event that somebody needs help and can't just can't even afford that they would really just email me or message me on facebook and say there's scholarship available so and i can i don't i don't think there's been a time yet where i have not been able to provide that for them uh, as they needed of course we ask for discretion um we can't give them to everyone but um, if anybody out there is interested in making this possible, um, there's two ways that you can support that. You can either donate, you know, basically anonymously to this general fund, this YES fund. Um, or if there's a mom who you know, you would specifically like to send on retreat or cover their retreat. We also have gift certificate options. Um, and both of those are tax deductible for the giver. So, yeah. And I'm uh, wondering also about transportation before I get to the next question. So that would be, so let's say there was, cause I know that that's an impediment for some people as well. They might not be able to physically get there if they don't have a car or the funds to get on a bus. So I would imagine that that, could that yes fund be a part of that as well for transportation? No, not, no, not really, unfortunately. What we are able to cover is just the room costs. Okay. Uh, you know, there are, I would say, um, the moms that I have run into that, that situation with a lot of times live in New York City. Oh, okay. Uh, because they live in the city and a lot of people there just don't have cars, you know, because they right. just get around, use public transportation. And yeah. so it's a struggle for them to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we don't have any partners in New York City because there's no downtime in New York City That's or right. even out on the island or anything like that. So, you know, the, the challenge is that we can't help everybody. But no, we do not provide funds. Uh, okay, you're you're giving me some ideas for the future. I'm gonna jot them down. <laughs> um, so my next question is, um, as a mother of a child with a disability, um, how do you find the time to have this business? How do you have balance if you do have balance between running this organization? It sounds like you've done this already with Reese's Rainbow. 
how do you, you know, just to share with, with the community, how do you find balance for yourself? Because it sounds like that's something that's very important to you to make sure that you get your respite and your downtime. Uh, or are you like the shoemaker who lets his family go barefoot and you're the one <laughs> giving the shoes, fixing the shoes for everybody? Do you feel that you, how do you do that? How do you balance your home life with your child with a disability and your work life? Um, okay, so first I'm going to say that balance is a subjective term. <laughs> I think that uh, balance may look different one day than it does the next. Mm -hmm. Some days my kids go with no shoes and no dinner. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you know, the, the good thing about this organization and also Races Rainbow is that I've been able to do it from home. Yeah. Uh, so I have a home office, which is why my, behind me is a disaster. Um, I have, since my son was born um, back in 2021, sorry, 2002. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. And I don't know what year it is. My son was born in 2002, in April of 2002. Um, uh, I had to quit my job. I had a very successful career. I was making six figures. Uh, in my as a sales executive with uh, Ericsson, the telecom company in Atlanta, and we did not know that Reese had Down syndrome before he was born, and made the difficult decision for me to be to stay home with him to give him the best chance for development and all that kind of stuff. So, I had to create a way uh, to work and have something meaningful and purposeful for myself. Mm -hmm. and that's so that's that works but I did everything I just do it from home I just I juggle it's and I would say that uh, for myself who also has ADHD um, it actually works out well because nothing ever gets finished they I do a little bit here a little bit here a little bit there some people call that master multitasking <laughs> so I just like change up the verb I'm a superhero actually um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know no, nothing ever gets finished it's a little bit yeah. here it's half a load of laundry there it's you know empty the dishwasher here it's get restressed for school here it's yeah. you know just planning out the day and and like we talked about this morning you know typically he would already be gone to school he's still in school so he finished and graduates this year mm -hmm. um, and that would have freed me up to be totally up here just for you but instead, you know, he decided, nope, I'm not going to school today. And so now he's in the kitchen with his iPad at full decibels and, you know, feel <laughs> all of you. Um, but that's, that's really the way that it's been able to work is, is because I'm able to do this from home. And, and even when I do have to travel or I'm going visiting back to our inn in Georgia, you know, I just take everything with me and I set up my, my office there, um, especially during this time that during COVID, last two and a half years anyway my husband was working from home as well so for the you know for previous 16 years he was traveling some 40 weeks out of the year wow and during COVID though he was home which made it possible for me to just get up and go to Georgia when I needed to which was like 11 times in 2020 that I had to, get back and wow. to get that in set up um you know I just take my computer and all my stuff with me and I just set up my office in one of the rooms in the end and and just work there. So that's that's how I balance this is that I have to do it from home. Well, Iris, this is reminding me, it sounds like everything that Andrea just said, that the way she runs her life is perfect is the enemy of the good. She <laughs> here, she gets it done, it's never finished, but she's still doing it. So I think that's uh that's a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. 
So Andrea, I want to ask you like uh, as amazing as the organization is right now, uh, what are your plans for a mother's rest for the future? What, what do you want or envision for, you know, better, bigger, better? I don't know what, what it is, the standard that you are imagining for the future. Well, I will, in answering that question, I'm going to give it to you kind of two-pronged. I'm going to tell you what the vision was to start and what the vision is, what the realistic vision is post-COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, because those policies and the way that that changed literally the landscape and the economy that we are living in has drastically changed the expected growth, my planned growth uh, for the organization. So pre-COVID, uh, the plan was that we would have find be able to find donors to help us purchase inns in several regions around the country, as many as 10 regions, so that we would have those year-round, every weekend respite inns available to people everywhere um, and to fill in the holes where the B&Bs in high, high visitor locations like Florida, we have trouble finding partners in. Texas, California, you know, places that don't have a down season, uh, they are not, they have not been, you know, we have nobody there, but the, those are very high population states, right? You know, so, um, so that was, that was the goal, uh, really was to be able to have a lot of these inns available and running. Now, I really don't know that that's going to happen ever. I was really hoping to do a third in um, this past year, and that just did not happen because the economy has tapped out all of our major donors, our existing donors. Um, if there's anyone out there listening who has a diamond donor, uh, that is best for us. Fundraising is not an option to raise you know, half a million dollars or more to purchase a house outright. Uh, we cannot afford to have a mortgage on top of the regular bills and the maintenance, you know, to have an innkeeper or caretaker there. Uh, so it has to be paid for in cash. And um, so, you know, private foundations might be a good option, but private individuals who do have the means to make that kind of a donation are the kinds of folks that we're really looking for. So I'm just going to lay that out there in real and raw. Um, we were very, very blessed uh, to have two or three donors who made the two ends that we have now possible uh, during the very, the high market, the high economy that we've just come out of. And now it's that those donors are tapped. And so if any, you know, just keep that in the back of your mind, just absolutely not. And it's not even just a you know, if there's somebody who wants to donate a house that's only got like three or four bedrooms, that really isn't feasible. It needs to be seven or more. It needs to be like a bed and breakfast property that's not going to take a whole lot of updates. So, you know, we also hoped, another thing that I hoped for pre-COVID, and, and that may still happen, but I don't know that I personally got the energy to make that happen, is to have a planned community where... <clears throat> And it's very, they're very popular now. I mean, these planned communities with, you know, swim tennis and all this other kind of stuff that people really, you know, and all the grocery store and everything in it. Mm -hmm. uh, the planned community would be for families who have children with disabilities. Wow. 
and it would be those home purchases you know we would have a developer and builders multiple builders and people would buy their homes in this community who have children with disabilities plan their houses based on the needs of their children if they've got mobility issues or what have you and then within the community grocery stores and all the specialists that you need and you know this self-contained kind of thing and and not in not in an isolationist way like we shouldn't be able to live out in, in the world and normalize our kids but for fellowship for chosen fellowship so those yeah. who wanted that kind of environment um you know and then it would also include staffed respite caregivers wow. so that the parents or the caregivers can go do what they need to do and their loved one has somebody qualified already on staff with community so that is a multi, 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 multi-million dollar uh, vision, but I would love to see that happen. And if somebody is out there that has contacts or ideas or thoughts, I would love to discuss that. Um, my hope was to, have, to do that somewhere in central Virginia in the Shenandoah Valley area. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you know, so there's these, these grand visions, amazing yeah. visions. I love but, that vision. But at this at this part, you know, at this time in my life where I'm trying to get kids off to college and deal with an adult transition and uh, finding my own self, I'm hit 50 now and all of my uh, check engine lights are coming on. So I have, you know, I'm dealing with my own health struggles and I'm feeling a little mm, comfortable coasting with what we've got and just maintaining what we have for right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe... In this podcast, somebody is going to hear this and be like, oh my gosh, I've got the perfect idea. I've got the perfect person, you know, that, that's what we're hoping for. And that's, you know, for me, I mean, I don't know if you are believers, but for me, God drops things in my lap as he intends to do. And he calls me up when it's time and all of the stars align and things fall into place the way that they should. So I'm just, I'm not sitting around waiting for that, but when, and if it happens again, I will just continue to put the word out that the need is there. The need continues to grow for these caregivers. The more and more people who join our group and are like, oh my gosh, why can't, you know, you don't have any place out in, in Texas. You don't have enough places in California. We need, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm at a loss. So I hope somebody out there hears this and, and will come to me with ideas and plans and money. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Since all of us, or many of us listening, and at least Iris and I, um, you know, have children with disabilities, what what would you say? Because you've really done quite a bit uh, for the disability community um, while having a child with a disability. I'm wondering, you know, it just I don't know if it's part personality or if it's something else, something that just came to you. But what would you tell people? who are at the beginning of this journey of having a child with a disability, whether they're adopted, biological, what have you, what would you, what, what would you say to a person who's just starting the journey of having a child with a disability? Um, okay, so that's a very good question because it applies deeply to me. And um, I, even though I got involved and started Reese's Rainbow early in Reese's life, he was only four at the time. Mm -hmm. um, There was still, I was surrounding myself with others who understood um, the challenges, mm -hmm. but 
I wasn't taking care of myself. So in an adoption focused organization, you know, we're focused on the children and getting these children out of these hell holes abroad, mm-hmm. Russia, Ukraine, China. I mean, all of these places where our children are sent to adult mental institutions at the time they turn four. Okay. That's, I mean, the heaviness of that, I can't even really put into words having to carry that burden. So not only my own personal struggles, but the burden of the health and of all these children and grateful for the ones that we were able to save, but grieving for the ones that we never, never could. Mm-hmm. Um, get involved with the mother's rest right now. And even if you are still early in your journey and you are still processing or your little ones just a baby and not uh, the difficulty that they are in, in middle school or high school or, you know, start building these retreats into your regular health regimen now so that it becomes normal mm-hmm. and a desired part of your journey. And you're not only going on retreat when you're at the end of your rope. Mm-hmm. and desperate for support and have no one to care for your little one do it now the the stories of the ladies who are struggling so much may be heavy on you but at the same time they can also prepare you and because our retreats are completely freestyle like you can choose who you're sitting with you can mm-hmm. choose who you're re- interacting with you can choose to interact with no one you can stay in your room for three days and just play on Netflix. I don't care what you're doing. Um, but start building this into your own health regimen mm-hmm. right now so that it's again, so it's not, you're not only going when you're in crisis mode mm-hmm. and start looking for and planning for caregivers to support you. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't wait until your kid is older and you're looking for caregivers to come in and support you in the house. Mm-hmm. Find those people now. And they anticipate what we already know as parents who have, you know, older children with disability. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be my message. And, you know, the other thing too, is that um, with our inns here in Maryland and Georgia, where we have every weekend that we can plan, mm-hmm. um, I would really love to be able to do some retreats that are specific to folks who are new to the journey. So like if your child is under four, or something mm-hmm. like that to be able to bring just those ladies together for a weekend to be able to mm-hmm. talk about their early journey right um and to be able to have that fellowship together yeah. so self-care so even if you're not people aren't near one of your retreats get on get on a support group facebook yep. page private page meet up and we have a whole episode about that finding your community yep. how important and we're always we're always preaching that, that it is so vital that we find people that we can share this, this journey with because right. it can be very lonely, very isolating, and it can only benefit our children to have right. that, to have right. that, or that, that, that comfort level that other people get us and get our situation. Right. And that is not to scare newbies. Yeah. That's not to scare you. That's just to say, look, we've been yeah. where you are. Mm-hmm. And we know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, get in on these retreats and in in the support group as soon as you can so that it becomes a regular part of your life and it doesn't become something new that you're only doing when you're in crisis mode. 
because in that, in, in doing that, you can potentially avoid crisis mode, right? Exactly. We're trying, we're working to help you prevent total burnout by making and these affordable and frequent. And then, you know, part of the mindset, part of the challenge that we have is that, you know, we're reaching people at a place when they're already in crisis mode, right? Um, where I was going with that, the ADD, I'm telling you, it's just so hard. <laughs> okay. um, I forgot what I was going to say. Like, seriously, folks, this is... Okay, <laughs> so you're, right. you want to reach people before they get to crisis mode. You want them to be right. able to deal with it. And I always say that having a child with a disability, it's it's it go, it's up and down. It's you have to, in the in the mellow times, you have to prepare for the potential crisis. And if you right. are prepared mentally and physically and, you know, you take care of your health, those crises are going to be a lot less dramatic Yes. Traumatic yes. Than if you're not taking care of yourself. So that's it's very simple. Oh yeah, I guess that's 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 really that's where I was going. Is we're trying our goal here is to prevent the burnout. Yeah. And to give you regular periods of rest and and retreat so that you mm -hmm. are in a better place emotionally and physically yeah. throughout the duration of your caregiving time, mm -hmm. uh, so that you can avoid the burnout. You know, in any way, any way that we can. <laughs> Andrea, I, I am listening to you and you're so eloquent and you're smart and intelligent and sharing so much wisdom. So I, I personally felt very good that you forgot where you were going with your last thought <laughs> because even you're not perfect. So I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I can't, it's, it's, it's very um, validating and endearing when people give me so much kudos. I mean, the, the thanks that I am that is heaped upon me every day is amazing. And I'm so grateful for the positive feedback. Um, but I think what people have found who've been with us for quite some time and being, you know, considering that I'm the one that answers all the emails, I manage all the retreats and all the challenges and all the everything um, is that I'm a person too. And I'm very relatable um, mm -hmm. because I've worked in the adoption ministry and I have a biological child and I'm raising my own. Like I've really kind of seen it across the gamut and folks seem to appreciate uh, how real and transparent I actually am. And the fact that I can't help, <laughs> I can't remember my own name. So um, yeah, so I appreciate you. So I, I have a question. Uh, to me, this is a, 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 the most important question because me as a person and other people that I meet, uh, sometimes we have great ideas about programs that can really improve the life of parents with disability, of children with disabilities or children with disabilities. Uh, you name it, people walk around the earth with many good ideas, but you actually created two amazing organizations and made mm -hmm. them both a great success. So what I would love to hear from you is what is your advice to those people that have good ideas how to transfer an idea into an actuality like you did with those two organizations. Uh, can you share some wisdom? I wish I had an answer for that. <laughs> um, my superpower is ADHD. My superpower is um, not recognizing that it not coming to fruition is a, is a possibility. I love so that. I, I jump and I just, okay, there's an up and a downside though, you know, so I go in with these great ideas and I'm like, okay, I'm going to change the whole world, you know, and we're going to have this whole community and 10 ins and like all this stuff. 
and then things don't pan out that way and we have pandemics and things fall into your into your life that you can't help and, and part of that is is my real struggle but for me when i have an idea and i know that it's going to be well received and i know that the need is so great and i know that there are folks i already have folks out there who have funding and in a way to support me in that i'm just going to jump and see how things land and if the time doesn't make it possible for us to have 10 ends or to ever create this this community this planned community then so be it but at least it's on paper you know i have like my whole bullet points of you know the plans for this organization let somebody else run with that the more the merrier like i'm not i am absolutely not here trying to copyright or corner the market on respite care okay we are kind of redefining what respite means uh it's not just having a caregiver or somebody to come into your house for a few hours so that you can shower and go to the grocery store i mean sure that is helpful but that's not the full extent of what the word respite should mean respite should mean anything that relieves stress from you and gives you the opportunity to rest and recharge right so we're just kind of creating that so really that's my thing is that for me anyway i just jump in i'm using my own existing skills and you know customer care and uh, the social media and marketing and and a very passionate topic you know and just seeing how seeing how it pans out uh, but for those who have ideas, um, you know, th there's a lot of disappointment out there. There's more disappointment than there is um, success. And I don't really have a rule for success, but don't be discouraged if you've got an idea that just doesn't pan out. Maybe it's not meant to pan out right now. Maybe you're not connected with the right people quite yet. Um, reach out to somebody who has been through it. Like if you're just wanting to start your own 501c3, uh, that paperwork is not hard to do and to file yourself. Um, and, you know, I don't mind guiding people through those steps and, and telling them what has to be done and blah, blah, blah. Just make yourself legal uh, before you start accepting funds from folks. Um, but look around on the internet and see if there are other organizations that are doing something similar to what you're doing mm -hmm. or what you're proposing and get some ideas from them. And the other thing I would say is don't reinvent the wheel. You know, again, if there's another organization out there that's kind of doing what it is that you think needs to be done, how can you expand on what they're doing? How can you partner with them as opposed to creating your whole separate organization? Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, really where I would go with that. Yeah, very inspiring. Um, you're giving me a million ideas. Just a <laughs> short conversation. Um, is there anything that you that we haven't talked about that you would like to share with our audience or something you want to get off your chest or whatever it is before we end this very wonderful episode? Um, you know, I think, you know, we talked about this last week, but I think the most important thing that I want folks to understand when they find our Facebook group is that a mother's rest is much more than just a support group. Okay. There's actually a full legal 501c3 organization behind this. Mm -hmm. um, and it requires donations. We function entirely on private donations. Mm -hmm. um, grant writing is very difficult for us because uh, the competition is so great. Uh, the return on investment versus like the amount of time that it takes to write grants and mm -hmm. the ones that you actually get are so minimal that it's almost not worth it. Mm -hmm. So 
that's why when I was speaking earlier, you know, if, if anybody knows diamonds out there uh, who like to give anonymously or would like to be part of, you know, helping us find and start another in, mm -hmm. um, send them my way. Let's talk about that. Um, but I do run the vast majority of everything behind the scenes. Uh, we have two innkeepers, God bless them, uh, Sharon and Amy, who take care of our homes in Maryland and Georgia. So I'm not having to do the manual physical work of resetting the inn every week, mm -hmm. uh, but we function entirely on donations. So we encourage folks to donate either to the Yes Fund, the General Fund, you can support the Georgia Inn, support the Maryland Inn, whatever, whatever you like. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just kind of what I want to... That's an important thing that for people to understand is that we do not have any federal funding, state funding, none of that stuff. We are entirely on private donations. Great, great. And it was a wonderful, wonderful respite. I'll be donating myself. <laughs> Thank it you. was truly um, talk about fellowship, just being surrounded by other moms who I went on the uh, mom weekend and uh, it was just, we were so well taken care of having the extra third night was a huge yes. benefit. It really made a difference uh, going past two nights felt very indulgent, but it wasn't, it was needed. That's and necessary. That third necessary. night is when physical, the physical decompression actually happens. Yes. Um, so, right. you know, I understand that a lot of ladies can't stay the whole three nights, but mm -hmm make it a priority to make that arrangement because that's really when you're going to get the most out of your time away is on that third night. Very true. So thank you so much. The only, the last thing that I wanted to add that we didn't cover is that even if there is not a porch partner in your area, you can go to another state. You yes. are not bound to your state. So I yep. think that that's really important. If somebody wanted to go drive to another state, they can stay in one of your inns. Um, so just going, uh, well, we're going to put this all on our Facebook page and our Instagram page, but on, when you go to a mothersrest.org, it says retreat calendar and um, you just click on it and you can see all the ins and all the available slots. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing I wanted to mention that we didn't cover yeah. is that if everything says sold out or booked, get on the waiting list because yes. it's the nature of our lives that things changed and change in an instant and you might not be able to some somebody might not be able to go and you can chances are you'll get in to that weekend if um even though it's booked yes so let me I'll, I'll touch on that just the details of that how mm -hmm. our wait lists are different than others um when you register for the wait list uh there's no cost or anything like that you can add yourself to as many wait lists as you want to that are applicable to you as long as it's not like a specific a diagnosis specific weekend or something like that but um when we have a cancellation and we have a lot of cancellations they are not always last minute i understand that's an issue for people who would not be able to get care last minute but um when we have an open room i send one email to everybody on the wait list at the same time so by the time that i send that email some of those people might not be able to make that weekend anyway but then it's first to re-register gets the room. So it's totally fair to everybody and the item go in order of who registered for the wait list because it's in the, there's the time. So you actually have a very high probability of getting in. Um, you are welcome to attend as many retreats in any locations that you're able to get away to. There's no limit. Uh, you're not taking a space from somebody else by registering for lots of them. You're taking space for yourself. 
mm -hmm. to don't feel that guilt and that shame. Um, and that was one of those things I was, I was trying to talk about earlier is that um, one of the things that we are up against when we're trying working with moms is that we're catching them in a place where they are feeling anxiety or guilt or shame about going away and taking this time for themselves. And so as a new mom, if you start doing this early, then mm -hmm. you eliminate all of that. You don't have to deal with that anxiety, that shame. This is normal for you to go away because you are, you have a child with a disability. You're seeking fellowship with others who understand your life. There, there should be no shame in that. Mm -hmm. So when you start early, you can completely avoid all of the rest of the crap yep. that the rest of us are, you know, living. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for starting the program, for continuing the program. I personally have benefited from it and I'm happy to talk to anybody who wants to email me. Or I'm already hacking in my mind's eye. <laughs> oh, no. Iris is planning a trip. Um, and uh, it's just, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, you so much for everything that you're doing. You will see us again. Yay, good, yes, yes. Um, and just thank you for everything you're doing and for talk, taking the time out today to talk with us. Ma'am, thank you so much for having me and you know where to find me if you need me. I'm fingertips away, so. Great, all right, thank you so much. And thank you to everybody listening in. And yes, uh, have a great week. See thank you, you too. Take care, bye-bye. For more information, please go to www.twomomsnofluff.com. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating so more people can hear it. Thank you.